0: certainly have fears that there is a serial killer at Lucent Perth.
1: Sarah Spears, Jane Rimmer, Kira Glennon.
2: And every time you saw a young girl walking by, you think, oh God, is she going to be the next victim?
1: Now, one man stands accused. If police are right, and Edwards is the Claremont serial killer, he's been hiding in plain sight for 20 years.
0: An expert witness today revealed there is no evidence Jane Rimmer was sexually assaulted but he wouldn't go so far as to rule it out entirely. Welcome to Week 8 of Claremont in Conversation. Natalie Bongiolo with Tim Clark and Alison Fan. And can we start with what the forensic pathologist had to say in relation to Jane Rimmer? Well, Dr
2: Cook actually confirmed what um, Dr Karen Margolis said earlier, that they could not find any evidence of a sexual assault, but because the bodies were in the state that and condition that they were, they couldn't rule it out completely, but he said there was no major injuries that would indicate um, a sexual attack. Is that right, Tim?
1: Yes, yes, that's, that, that was the, was the conclusion, um, as as much as it was a conclusion, that uh, from all the examinations, there was, there was nothing obvious to suggest um, anything like that had occurred before Jane died, but, and, and it is pretty big but because of the decomposition um, it couldn't be ruled out um, completely so um, something for uh, something for both sides there probably to uh, to mull over um, when they uh, when they come to uh, compose their uh, uh, closing addresses in a few months time.
0: And I guess Tim it would still be a question in people's minds because as you've told us in previous podcasts that Jane was found naked
1: well, yes, and that's what that was pointed to um, uh, by Prosecutor Carmel Barbagallo in her opening, and, and she was actually uh, directly asked that by uh, by the Judge Stephen Hall at one point, point. Um, and she hedged her bets a little bit and said they weren't really just sort of nailing their colours to the mast, as it were, um, on that um, on that point. Um, but um, and again, it's, it's a big but. The fact is that Jane was naked when she was discovered, her, her body up in Wellard there, um, and that would, would, would seem to point to some um, pretty, uh, pretty obvious motives.
2: And what they, both um, forensic pathologists did agree on, is that they both had extensive defensive wounds on their arms, so they were fending off some sort of an attack, and um, both Later they also agreed on the injuries to their neck But mainly the defensive wounds to their arms Suggests they were fighting off something mm.
0: And was there any further discussion today um, To explain the, the cause of death?
1: Well yeah, were, I mean it was There um, was uh, questions from About both Jane and, and Kira of Dr Cook um, uh, In Jane's case He's previously said and reiterated today that the cause of death um, for Jane is unascertained. Again, because of the um, uh, the decomposed nature of her body, um, it had been in the elements for 55 days, um, had been um, uh, scavenged by animals, and so there, w- there was sort of other. Um, injuries and, and wounds on the body, which which were done post-mortem. But, um, so, but what he did say was both that injury to the arm and the, the huge neck defect, the front of Jane's um, throat and neck, um, they, they were obvious because of the, the decomposition rates had, had been faster um, or, or wider in those two areas, which suggests they were open wounds when Jane was was put there, um, and so that was the most obvious um, probable cause of death. But it couldn't be uh, it couldn't be uh, said to be certain.
2: There have been um, a few conflicting um, and differing opinions from both of these forensic pathologists, but of course, um, Dr. Clive Cook has, um probably got the benefit of 23 years uh, looking at stuff that's happened or technology or advances in in forensic pathology that have developed over the last few years where of course uh, dr margolis's um, recording has been right back from 23 years ago uh, i don't think there's been anything more recent than that i know she passed away in 2010 10 ten yes years, yeah. but he's probably going on more recent technology
1: yes oh, well and and obviously having the benefit of of being able to relook at uh, at at samples and slides and videos and, and photographs i suppose um and on to kira he was also asked about um the cause of death and he was he he was more solid there he he was uh, couldn't be absolutely categorical but um he he t- said today that if he was writing that report today it would it would, again, because of decomposition, it would probably be unascertainable Based in brackets, probably um because of an of a neck wound and um and he he vividly described um and actually pointed to avatars today to show the 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 areas of those wounds, the extent of those wounds and at one point he actually even demonstrated physically how he thought those particularly on Kira, how he thought those wounds might have been um, inflicted because of distinct what he called inverted v-shapes around the neck and um, uh, around the arm
0: and we heard last week that um, kira according to dr margolius had had um, suffered a blow to the back of the head but did dr cook throw doubt on that today
1: Mm, significant doubt actually so uh, once again with the benefit of hindsight he was able he said right at the end of today's testimony he was in around about 2013 um that portion of kira's skull had been um, retained um just in case any more tests were needed and he did that with dr alana buck um who's a a, an anthropologist specializing in, in bones they they um um, investigated, re-looked at that portion of the, of the skull. And uh, he, uh, Dr. Cook said today that Dr. Buck had basically come up with a conclusion that it wasn't an actual um, fracture, but it was something uh, naturally occurring, or sometimes naturally occurs, something called a wormian bone, which he mm. explained was where, where the two plates of bone in your skull um, connect. Then sometimes some very small bones can actually form in between, but in the suture there, in the in the, in the gap between those plates, um, and then um, they can either be completely formed or, in in he said in Kira's case, was an incomplete wormian bone, um, and then they said they microscopically examined the little hole there, and he said if there had if it had been a blunt or sharp force trauma, there should be micro fractures coming out of that bone or, or that hole and they weren't there so that's why they've concluded or they, their conclusion is this was actually a naturally um naturally sort of formed um part of, of kira's body um which does throw obviously significant doubt on and dr margolis's um conclusion that kira had been some, somehow whacked on the back of the head which would have left her semi-conscious and stunned and very vulnerable, as we discussed last week.
2: Well, I was in direct contrast to it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh.
1: Yeah, very much so, very much so. And uh, we understand that dr. Buck is is um, is the next witness uh, up, so no doubt we will hear more about that later this week.
0: Because we had um you know we had thought that uh, if if Kira had been made semi-unconscious and then she had got, the neck injury, or what they call the defect, um, to her neck. Whereas now we're we're thinking, is it still that Kira was down, face down on the ground in the sand when she got the neck injury, or is it possible now that she was standing
2: upright? No, no, he did make it quite clear that she was down from the from the flow of the blood. Unless that was changed again, but no, that was Doctor Cook this morning. He did say that. Um, uh, she had been lying down, just by the direction of where the bloodstains were.
1: Yeah, on, the, on her t-shirt, that was mm-hmm. so. Um, the, basically, the blood staining on that t-shirt was very indicative of it being a pool under Kira's body. And Dr. Cook said that if that wound had been inflicted, one of those wounds, because there were more than one, had been inflicted while Kira was standing up. The Blood pattern analysis would have been completely different on her shirt. So, as much as he did, he, he did cast doubt on Doctor Margolis's theory about Kira being sort of subdued or, or, or bashed in some way before she was um, before she was fatally injured. The uh, he did come to the conclusion that she was on the floor um, and obviously being attacked while she was um, while while she was laying down.
0: And unlike Jane, we know that Kira was fully clothed. But has Dr. Cook been asked um, specifically if there was any evidence of sexual assault?
1: Not about Kira, no, not yet. Um, we are presumably given that um, the prosecution went there with when when they were c- coming to the end of his conclusions about Jane's injuries. Um, we, we are assuming he might, she might be asked, or he might be asked by Ms. Barbara Gallo about that in the morning because we didn't get through his evidence today. So, um, so no, that's, that, that's a, a question that if it is to come, um, it is to come tomorrow.
2: What he did say um, when the prosecution asked about her clothing and specifically her underwear, her panties and bra, he said they were where they should be. Um, and she said they were in place, and he said yes. So that's yeah, but the... Of, yeah. Yeah.
1: Sorry, Ali, go on.
2: Yeah. No, that, was, uh, that to me indicated that... Um, she was clothed, and that hadn't been interfered with, but whether we hear anything more from that, he just said, no, they were where they should be. Uh, she said they were intact in place, and he said, yes, that was the only indication I got that um, her clothes hadn't been tampered with.
1: Yeah, but her skirt, he did, he saw, he was questioning about her skirt, and it, mm. Oh, the skirt um, being um, really torn. It was a, a two-centimeter tear with, with the skirt, and it was slightly... um, um, tilted, mm. um And it was slightly undone as well, so whether that's indicative of anything or, or, or indicative strongly enough of anything um, once again we'll have to wait and see but, uh, um, but that is how it was described today
0: Was there any discrepancy or any um, further information as to what have could have caused the the cuts, the injuries to the neck, was there any discussion about sharp objects or oh, uh, blunt yeah. instruments
1: Well it was certainly sharp, Um it, in, in terms of the descriptions of the wounds, particularly Kira's, um, they were sort of um, straight-edged, if you, if you like, but they were also indicative with this inverted V of, of a sharp instrument being placed in and then possibly twisted and then brought out again um, more than more than once. Um, so I don't think there's any uh, I don't think there's any argument, is there, Ali, about? It, it, it wasn't It was a knife or certainly a sharp yeah. object or, yeah. or a shell-bladed yeah. instrument, um, but obviously with n- no murder weapon, uh, as far as we know, um, ever being found, um, regardless of that Telstra knife that was found up, up, up near um, where Jane's body was. Um, that, that is um, just an educated guess at, at this point.
0: And in terms of toxicology, have we heard anything yet about whether there was any drugs in nothing. the system Yeah,
2: or? there was nothing. The toxicology report showed that, that she didn't die with any drugs in her system, she died of natural is uh, didn't this Jane, die of anything or? natural. Uh, Jane, um, that there was that's was the basis of the toxicology report.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's Ali. So it's a what they call a histology or histological report, um, which is Basically, they take small samples of tissue of the various organs and then um, run them through um, to f- see if there's any um, indications of any drugs, alcohol, carbon monoxide, anything like that, um, and also to try and rule out mm. any possible natural causes as well. Um, and Doctor Cook said uh, when those tests were run on Jane or on on, on Jane's. Samples. There was absolutely nothing um, to show that there was there was there was any any um, uh, you know any poisons drugs, or, system, any, any drugs mm. or anything like that. No.
0: Yeah, I guess because that is a question that people um, also muse over is were were the victims in some way drugged um, before they were attacked? But of course, if the toxicology reports yeah. are showing there's no nothing. evidence of that.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah no nothing nothing i mean no i mean all all, all three um Sarah as well they'd been out um drinking on the on the evenings they they went um, missing and uh, and in jane's case we saw the video obviously which which showed that she, she um, you know she was uh, she was happy she was jolly she had had a few drinks but um but no nothing more sinister than that um was 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 found by um by any means uh, after after their bodies were recovered
0: so today in court, you've been um, sitting through the footage again, which you can't see. Mm. But this is going through the footage of the crime scenes, the postmortems. And what you've got is Dr. Cook commenting on what he can see and
2: commenting on Dr. Margulies's, um procedures as well. Well, all of the procedures um, have been filmed and recorded And that's what he's describing. But as you say, they're not for the public to view. They're being screened off. You can hear the um, audio, but um, that's it. Yeah, and we've been spared those um, horrific um, sights.
1: Yes, so that was quite um, quite a laborious process this afternoon. That was so. Doctor Cook will be taken through a portion. We've talked about Kira now. He um, he he finished his evidence about Jane this morning, and then went through the postmortem and video of Kira and then it would be paused and then um, Miss Barbara Gallo would bring up some photographs that were taken at that time during the post-mortem and then we'd roll on um, in that vein and so yeah it, it, it took a while um, and uh, that, and then right at the end we got to got to Kira's um skull um and that's when this, this this competing evidence about what what might have happened to the, uh, the back of it or didn't happen uh, according to Dr Cook to the back of his head so back of her head um, so that's where we're at so if dr. cook will come back again tomorrow I think he's probably going to be the longest serving witness by mm. by the end of tomorrow um, he would have done four separate four days, days I think. Yes. yeah um, but he's obviously a vital witness because he, he is a one of the most senior pathologists in Australia B he was present at both scenes um, he, and he not only is he giving his own first-hand account but he's also giving his opinion about dr. Margolis's um, efforts as well.
0: And it's very difficult evidence, and you've mentioned to us before that um, Bradley Edwards can see uh, the vision, which is his right to do so. Mm. Um, Can you tell us about his behaviour
2: today or any reactions to what he was seeing? Well, his reactions have been fairly static all the way through. Um, They say he takes his glasses off, he puts them back on again, he looks down, he looks up, but apart from that, there's no other expression from him at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's been the most noticeable that at, at, at any time these uh, sensitive materials being played or photographs shown Mr Edwards has been taking his glasses off, um, I can only assume it's a deliberate um, mm. effort not to be able to see the screen, which is a few feet in front of him. It's not right in front of him. It's, it's, it's across the, you know, over the over the partition and on a desk just in front of him. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's quite noticeable that any time, any significant portion of, of of that material is played he, he, he whips his glasses off and uh, and uh, averts his eyes so, I mean, what's his,
2: what's it's quite his, difficult uh, to interpret his what bite? his feelings are actually mm. because he's he just there's no expression and as I said sometimes it just looks like he's taken them off he we can interpret it maybe or we think that's why he's doing it but he just doesn't seem to express have any expression or any overt expression at all you yeah.
0: Yeah. Was there um, an incident, or not really an incident, but uh, the prosecution and defence had um, a bit of a dispute this morning over
2: the witness list? A little bit of a sparring between defence and prosecution over what order they're coming in. The defence had a bit of a whinge that um, he's not being given the witnesses in the correct order that they're appearing. Uh, The prosecution says, um, well, we're doing the best we can. Yes, we can give you a witness list, but sometimes things happen and they go out of order. And that sort of delayed the uh, actual hearing for a little while until the judge virtually said you know play nicely share and get on with it <laughs> yeah, that's right it
1: wasn't uh, it wasn't the most harmonious start it took a week after a, after a long after a long weekend um, it was there was a bit of a legal bill, but um, yeah um, judge hall as he as he as is his style he was firm but fair, and just as Ali said, just told, uh, told the, the brother and sister to, to stop fighting and, um, and get on with it, which they did. So, but I mean the point here is, Mr. Yovich, um, Bradley Yovich's defence lawyer, said, "Look, I've been asking and asking for quite a few months. Can we just have a complete list of all the witnesses that we're expecting, um, so he can do some planning." Um, and Miss Barbara Gallo said, "Well, we did provide one, um, right? You know, a few months ago, and then Mr. Jones came back and said, well, that's out of date now.' So, so yeah, um, it, it, it's all about the trial process and getting it, and just trying to get it as smoothly as we can. Um, and uh, but as Miss Barbara Gallo says, it's a it's a moving feast or a moving beast, however you want to put this trial. It's it's, mm. it's a massive undertaking and." Um, and they're trying, they' both both sides are trying their best to to, to keep it moving.
2: And when the defence lawyer has had a um an objection saying that hes feeling compromised or disadvantaged in some way because there's been something that's popped up that he hasn't expected and hasn't been given enough time to analyse to, for his cross-examination, the uh, the judge has delayed it for yeah. him to do that. So only a couple of glitches here and there, but nothing major.
0: And do you get a sense at all that, they're tiring um, You know that the prosecution or the defence Or or even the judge himself You know we're coming into week 8 It's been really hard yards mm. Do you get any sense that uh, that They could be getting weary Not really I,
2: I don't think so no Well, look, I, you, Tim, I, we, I, we might yeah. be getting a bit weary But
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I wonder I if you are shot. I wonder if they are
1: Yeah I had a brief chat with Tom On the way out of court on Friday afternoon um, and I, I you know, just, just wish her a happy long weekend, which rolled her eyes a little bit, which indicated to me that she was probably going to be working. <laughs> I, asked, I did ask her how she was going. She, didn't, she, she is a bit tired, but um, that's, that's just to be expected, isn't it? I mean, mm. vast amounts of trials in, in Western Australia, I would suggest Australia wouldn't last this long already. Um, eight weeks is an extraordinarily long time for a murder trial, and we're not even—we're probably oh. not even a quarter of the way through yet. Oh. So, uh, I mean, you know, uh, as much as we talk about, on um, all, all sides, um, they are <laughs> all human after all. And uh,
2: Tim, did you say a quarter of the way through?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, maybe, maybe I'm being overly uh, under ambitious there, but. Uh, I'm not. I'm not holding my breath. Oh, <laughs> they we're going okay. to finish any time soon.
0: Are you thinking um, that potentially it's longer than the, the five months or six no. months? That because we're, oh, we're we're two months in.
1: Yeah. Well, look. I mean, Dr. Cook has been on the stand for four okay. days, and that's that's. A, I mean, you would think that from the outside that would be a relatively straightforward um, process, but it's just long because he's got so much to go through. Um and, th- and we're just about to start on path west, and we know how vital that's oh, going mm, to be mm. um and then we've got all the d n a stuff as well, which is hugely technical it's got a, it's absolutely vital um, there's there's gonna be witnesses from the u s from new zealand from the u k um you know so mm. logistically it's just a, it's it's still an enormous exercise, so yeah, you know, I, I think we've got a long way to go
0: yeah I mean, I can only imagine that it's absolutely exhausting for every single person involved in this case on a day-to-day
2: basis. Well, when we get to the DNA, it's going to be interesting because both sides are calling experts. And so we'll look at the um, battle of the egos and the experts from Mm. all over the world. um, Yeah. Not agreeing on anything, probably.
1: Yeah, and the technical nature of it as well. So that questioning by obviously very senior, senior counsel, but they're not... I mean, they're not DNA experts. They, I mean, they have to become, I suppose, to, to be able to ask, ask these questions. Um, but they've got to make sure they get things right and get the, get the answers they want or need or expect. And, and so that's it's just naturally going to take a long time.
0: Well, thank you both very much for your time today. Tim, you'll be back tomorrow with Damien Cripps and we thank you for your company. You can contact us on Claremont Podcast at wanews.com.au and for more details on the trial, head to thewest.com.au. We'll talk to you then.
1: This podcast was produced by Kate Ryan and Alicia Preedy, and recorded in the studios of Seven West Media. Audio files were provided from the archives of The Seven Network and The West Australian. Sign up for daily emails and all the latest on the Claremont trial at thewest.com.au.
2: Enjoying this podcast? If the story behind the headline matters to you, then you can count on thewest.com.au to deliver. For more on Claremont The Trial, follow the live blog, watch the nightly news updates, and sign up for daily email updates at thewest.com.au. Subscribe now for just a dollar a day at
0: thewest.com.au.